Hey, what is going on guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here to bring you two-game NFL slate on Monday. Uh, before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name is DK. I make daily videos breaking down NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports, daily fantasy sports slates. Real quick, I do want to say thank you guys again for all support. It is greatly, greatly appreciated, guys, and the videos, the live streams, as well on tw as on Twitter. Um, the easiest way to support me with all the content being free is just leave a like button on the video. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell so you know when I upload videos, you know when I go live. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to live stream for this two-game slate since the first game locks at actually 4 p.m. Central. Also, if you guys cannot watch YouTube videos, I do upload on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description below, which is the DK DFS show. But with that out of the way, let's jump into the video. So, really, really excited to talk about this two-game slate. We have a, a Millie Maker as well. Um, you know, four really high-powered offenses going up against each other. There should be a good amount of points scored, so I think there's a ton of different ways you can go. It makes for a really, really interesting slate. So um, before we talk about players and their prices, what I want to do is let's take, the Vegas, uh, take a look at the Vegas odds really quick for both these games. So again, both on the higher end here, 57 over under Chiefs-Bills. Chiefs are five-point favorites. So Cardinals-Cowboys, uh, 55 over under. Cardinals are one-point favorites. So there again, there should be a ton of points scored in this two-game slate. Um, I do want to go over the snap counts really quick for, for each of these teams. The the last game just to kind of get a, a good sense of where we're, uh, what we're looking at. So um, we'll start with Kansas City. Uh, Clyde and Solaire played sixty percent of the snaps. I think partly you know those went down a little bit because of the game script uh, and they were playing from behind a, a lot of the game. I and mean, he is kind of game flow independent now. This will probably be the last week you can use him with Le'Veon coming back. Um, so. I do like Clyde and Soler. We'll talk about that. Uh, let's move on to wide receivers. So, Sammy Watkins went down for injury, and he's out for, for this game. Uh, we know Tyreek Hill is going to play the majority of the game. He played 88% of the snaps. But some value plays with Hardman and Demarcus Robinson, I think, are certainly in play here. With no Sammy Watkins, both those guys look pretty decent on this slate. Byron Pringle, nothing more than a dart throw. He will be the number four receiver, but nothing you, you can really go to with confidence there. Yeah, tight end situation, not a big surprise here. Kelsey, you know, going to play a majority of the game. No real interest there in the backup tight ends for Kansas City. So let's talk about Buffalo now. Um, you know, Devin Singletary played 62% of the snaps. A little bit of surprise because he was playing basically the entire game, last couple games with no Zach Moss. We do have Zach Moss coming back, which is a hit to Singletary. Uh, we're not going to get like 40% of the snaps there for Yeldon. That was mostly in garbage time, so... Um, wide receiver situation, we do have something to mind here with John Brown. His status is currently up in the air. If he's out, Davis looks like a really solid value play who played the entire game last game. If, if John Brown's in, he's at a really cheap price point. So, you know, potential value with either Davis or Brown, depending on if Brown plays. And then Diggs has been absolutely on fire. He's been played majority of the game. Beasley, 60 to 70% there in, in the slot. As far as the tight end situation, no real interest to me in the Buffalo tight ends on the slate. Like Croft and Knox, they just don't go to a whole lot. Neither involved a ton. So that's it for the first game. Let's take a look at Dallas really quick. Uh, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott's going to play 80, 90% of the snaps uh, most of the time. Pollard has been playing well in, in you know the, the carries he's gotten. But again, you, you can't really feel confident about that. Um, Zeke is pretty much a true workhorse. Michael Gallup has been the least productive of the three receivers here for Dallas, and obviously we have no Dak, which does take a hit to, to all the Dallas receivers. Uh, but, you know, Gallup is playing majority of the game, played 97% of the snaps that last game. Uh, Mari Cooper played 64%. CeeDee Lamb played 55% of these snaps. Tight end situation, yeah, Dalton Schultz is still going to play majority of the game. He played 88% of the snaps that last game. 
And finally, let's talk about uh, the Cardinals. So, Kenyon Drake, you know, it's getting closer to a 50-50 split. Now, he played 67% of the snaps. Edmonds played 45%. It's so weird, but Drake is getting no usage in the passing game, and he's such a good pass-catching running back. It's just, I don't know, the Cardinals aren't utilizing him at all through the air. Uh, whereas Chase Edmonds, the third down back, is getting a ton of work, uh, you know, through the air. Wide receiver situation for the Cardinals. Yeah, Hopkins is going to play most of the game. Larry Fitzgerald at a cheap price point playing out of slot. He'll play a majority of the game as well, but 80% of the snaps last game. Christian Kirk, 59%. Isabella and Sherfield worked in a bit there. Uh, and then finally, tight end uh, for the Cardinals. Um, you know, Dan Arnold is their pass-catching tight end, but he's not playing a ton. So no, not a whole lot of interest there in, in the Cardinals and, and their uh, tight ends, at least. All right, so let's talk about player-by-player player breakdown here. We'll start at quarterback. And I honestly think all four are in play here. Now, sure, the top three definitely have more upside, but you know the discount for Dalton at five two does make him playable. Um, you know, Andy Dalton is not a terrible quarterback; like he's a pretty decent backup to have. And uh, this Dallas offense is pretty dynamic. It's not going to be as good as as they were when, when Dak was running the show, but their defense really struggles, which is good for the quarterback because, you know, Dallas is going to have to, they're going to have to score, right? And they already play fast, um, you know, already on offense. So we'll start with Mahomes here. 7.5K going up against Buffalo. Not scared of the matchup here. Um, you, you just saw what Tennessee did to Buffalo last game. So Mahomes is probably has the highest floor out of any of these quarterbacks. And, and we know, again, this Chiefs offense is very dynamic. They also want to play fast. Um, 30, 43, 20, and 33 fans points the last four games here for Patrick Mahomes. I have absolutely no issue uh, with him at this price. Uh, I think he's going to be popular, but for good reason. Now, Kyler Murray might fly a little bit under the radar here. He's also had a, a pretty nice start to the year. A 33, 24, 24, 30 fans points the last four games. He's a guy that's running the ball more. Um, 67, 29, 78, and 31 yards on the ground the last four games. And he's had a touchdown on the ground, four touchdowns on the ground in the last four games. So he's being productive uh, on the ground as well as a rusher, which raises his floor. And we know this matchup is amazing on Dallas. Dallas is not being able to stop anyone. So Kyler, I like, and I think he goes a little bit lower owned just because we have Mahomes at the, at the top. I think Mahomes will get more ownership than Kyler Murray, but it's a close call here. And I, if you want to go Kyler Murray over Mahomes, I, have, I think that's a perfectly fine pivot. And Josh Allen, like, it's really hard to say bad things about any of these quarterbacks in the slate, at least the top three. Um, sure, he struggled there against Tennessee. Doesn't worry me a whole lot. The previous games to that, 33, 37, 36, and 25 fans points, they, you know, probably will be playing from behind this one against Kansas City. You know, he's a guy that can get it done on the ground a bit. Uh, hasn't really flashed it a whole lot besides that week one where he had 57 yards on the ground. But he can definitely, you know, take one into the ground. Again, should be good game script, so Josh Allen is certainly in play here. And then finally, Andy Dalton uh, at 5-2. Obviously doesn't have as much upside as the top there, and he's a lot riskier of a play. But, you know, there's a lot of talent uh, on this slate with running back, wide receiver especially, and, uh, you know, you got Kelsey at tight end. So if you want to, like, jam in all those, you know, top receiving options and, you know, play Zeke too, then, like, you can look to a guy like Dalton. Now, if I was making one lineup, I probably wouldn't do it. But don't rule out Andy Dalton here. Um, I think he is in play for the discount. 
Again, the top three guys you're going to feel more comfortable. So I don't really have a strong take on quarterback. Um, usually I do, but you know Mahomes is probably the safest spend-up quarterback. But you know Kyler, Josh Allen as pivots are perfectly fine here for a little bit of a discount. And then if you want to punt the position, again, Dalton is risky. Uh, but I think he's at least in play here. So we're on to running back. So we have Zeke at the top at 7-7. He is going to be super popular here. And is Zeke a, a must-play on this two-game slate? I don't necessarily think he's a must-play, but he's a really safe play. You know, maybe Dallas relies on the ground a little bit more with Dalton, a quarterback, over Dak. He's game flow independent, too. Whether they're playing from ahead or they're playing from behind, um, he's the guy that's he's just going to get his work, right? Those two games against Cleveland and Seattle, they're playing from behind. 11 and 8 targets. He is such a safe play. And again, he's basically a workhorse back. He's going to play 80-ish, 90% of the snaps. So, yes, yeah, Zeke is a safe play. If I was, if you're playing cash on this two-game slate, play Zeke. Is he a must-play in GPPs? I don't necessarily think he's a must-play, though, because there's so many receiving options that have enormous upside. Uh, but, yes, the safety on Zeke looks really good there. Now, the price in Clyde and Solaire, I like. Um, you know, it was unfortunate that last game that he had a touchdown call back against uh, the Raiders and, um, you know, didn't get... The Chiefs are just a frustrating team in the red zone, at least if you're playing Clyde or Solaire, because they just run so many trick plays that they never give it to, to CEH in the red zone. Uh, but did have eight targets last game, only three catches. I, I just think the price is fair, and I think he will get... You know, a majority of the work, probably 70-ish percent of the snaps here for Clyde Edwards-Solaire. And he's looked good when he's got his touches. I think they're going to want to establish a run a little bit more this game because he only had 10 carries that last game. And no Le'Veon yet. So this will probably be the last game you can use Clyde Edwards-Solaire uh, because we uh, we don't really know what will probably be like a pretty even split with him and Le'Veon. So um, I think he's a another, you know, him and Zeke are the safest running back plays on the slate by far. Uh, definitely. So cash games, I, I think you play the top two guys here and, and move on. Um, Singletary at 5-1 with Zach Moss coming back. He's nothing more than a contrarian play for me. Now, he's not out of play. Uh, you know, the previous two games, he, he was good. Uh, but he's not like a true workhorse. Like, he was getting workhorse usage these last couple games. So that was with no Moss. Moss should play. Now, how much will he play is, I guess, in question. Singletary's a decent pass session back. But... Yeah, I just I feel personally a little bit more comfortable with Edward Solaire and, and Zeke for, for more. So Singletary's viable, but I think more of a contrarian play. The two Arizona running backs are interesting here um, because we have Drake. Again, it, I still cannot get over how they're not utiliz utilizing him at all in the passing game. He was literally like a wide receiver last year. Uh, such a good pass catching back, and there's not, not giving any uh, usage to the air. But, um, you know, Dallas has really, really struggled defensively in, in all aspects. Um, and, and Kenyon Drake is going to be the first and second down back. So if you think the Cardinals are going to be playing from ahead in this game, you know, Drake looks like a decent play at 4-8. Now, the floor is low on him because no work through the passing game. So a little bit touchdown dependent, but maybe, you know, this is the breakout game from Drake. We have not seen one yet. You know, he's just been subpar to below average, like, Nothing special. You know, the carries are still been there, though. 16, 20, 18, 13, and 18 carries. So still getting a decent amount of carries. Another downside is, you know, Kyler will keep it himself a decent amount. Um, but, 
yeah, the, the price is fair here. I think he's he's definitely viable, a little bit risky because no usage in the passing game. Now, Edmonds is the opposite, right? He's a guy not getting very much work on the ground, but getting more work through the air. Six targets the last couple games. He's their third down back. The snaps are slowly going up for him, too. And he's looked good with his touches. So Edmonds is viable. Um, you know, they are similar plays. You know, they're almost identical prices. Neither are going to get a, you know, the Lions work of the carries, but both are in play here. It's all about how you think this game plays, I guess. If you think the Cardinals are going to be playing from behind in this one, then maybe you look to a guy like Edmonds. If you think they're going to be playing from ahead, it's probably Drake. Now, do you have to play either? No, I don't think you know. I don't think you necessarily have to play Arizona running back. Again, I feel the most comfortable with Zeke and Clyde Flair. That's not a contrarian take, but when I was playing like a cash game setting, I, I would play those two running backs. Um, then we have the mid-price guys. I do want to mention a couple. Um, you know, Darrell Williams played 40% of the snaps. He had five targets. I just can't recommend it with confidence. Um, again, I think he got more work there because they're playing from behind. Zach Moss is intriguing here. You know, he hasn't played since week two, but he was playing like 50% of the snaps those first couple weeks. So he's at least in play here. Again, the risk is maybe to limit him a bit, but um, I, I think he, he's in consideration here. Uh, at, you know, the flat min for, for running back. Yeldon don't go there with Zach Moss playing. And that, that about wraps up for, for running back. Yeah, Pollard, again, he's min two, min price. Did have six carries last game. He's looked good in his touches, but I don't think I want to do it. You know, you, you need something really to, to happen to, to Zeke to really feel comfortable getting to, to Tony Pollard. Now let's talk about wide receiver, guys. And there is... This slide is so interesting because there's so many ways to go, and you can feel good about literally any way you go here for wide receiver. So wide receiver is key, right? Um, there is just a ton of, of spend-up good options. There's a there's a lot of good value, too. So a, a lot of different ways you can go. We'll start at the top. DeAndre Hopkins is at 7-9. Is he a must-play on the slate? No, because there's so many good wide receiver plays for cheaper. But hard to argue his production um, 100 yards in three of the first five games. He's getting an absolutely insane amount of targets. 16, 9, 12, 9, and 7 targets. Matchup's amazing here. You can always pair him with Kyler Murray. Uh, the stack the stack is by, has been dynamic so far with 20-plus fancy points in four of the first five games for DeAndre Hopkins. So, yeah, he, he looks like a great option if you can get to him. You're not really getting him at a discount, but, again, hard to argue what he's done this year. Tyreek Hill at 6'7" is more of a GVP play because not getting a ton of targets, only six the, the last three games, but he's got that big play upside. He's a guy that will utilize a bit on the ground too, like trick plays. They'll give it like, yeah, I think he ran one in the last game. Um, so more suited for GPPs. I feel a little bit more comfortable. Some other wide receivers uh, that are getting a little bit more, like I would probably rather play Diggs for less than Tyreek Hill, but that doesn't mean Tyreek Hill can't, can't outscore Diggs. I just think it makes Tyreek Hill a little bit risky. So, more suited for GPPs. Again, we know the big play upsets there. Super, super fast receiver. Uh, just, you know, not getting targeted a ton right now. Now, Diggs at 6'2". I, I think this looks like a really solid price for him. You know, they probably will be playing from behind. It's about a five-point spread uh, for for the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs are favored. Um, 16 targets at last game. Probably won't get that again. We most likely have John Brown back. No confirmation yet. Well, again, we'll get that tomorrow, but... Diggs has been uh, on fire this year. Um, 100 yards in three of the first five games. 
getting a ton of work, uh, a ton of targets. Josh Allen has been really consistent besides that last game. So, yeah, I do like Stephon Diggs in the mid-range. Then we get the three Dallas receivers, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup. I think they're going to go lower on in the slate because Andy Dalton's their quarterback. But all three are in play here. You know, CeeDee Lamb has been really consistent, um, you know, with double-digit fantasy points in the first five games, targets 6, 9, 7, 7, and 11, playing out of the slot. Again, he is, I think the Dallas guys are a little bit more contrarian just because of the quarterback play, but don't rule him out. Like, these guys have upside. We've seen it from CD, right? He's been really, really consistent at 5'8". Amari Cooper, besides that last game, has been amazing. Um, you know, again, throw that last game out. Not super worried about that. 18, 19, 17, 36 fancy points. Another guy's getting targeted a ton. 5'5", five, five, that seems a little bit too cheap. And then finally Gallup of 4'7". Again, more, more of a contrarian play, but he's playing a, a good amount of the game. Right? He played, what, 97% of the snaps last game. So all three Dallas receivers are in play here. But I think they're a little bit more of contrarian options um, because, well, let's think about it roster construction-wise in the two games, right? Because I think a majority of the people are going to play Zeke. So are, are people going to want to play Zeke and one of the Dallas receivers? They can, but I just think it's going to lower the ownership on, on these Dallas receivers because Zeke's going to be so popular. Christian Kirk at 4-5. It's been a kind of a letdown this year. Did have five catches and seven targets, 78 yards, four or five. I'm not overly excited about it. Like, I think it's fine, but I'm probably not going to jam in and Christian Kirk. He'll play like 60-ish percent of the snaps. Uh, Cole Beasley's at 4-3 playing out of the slot is a guy that has been, you know, pretty safe, pretty consistent, right? 9, 12, 19, 12, and 11 fancy points. He's probably not going to break the slate, but at 4-3, he doesn't really have to. Um, again, probably the Bills will be playing from behind. He's getting targeted a decent amount. He's been a safe option. The price is fair. I think Cole Beasley is a pretty pretty decent value option. And now we get to the the two uh, or the number two and the number three receivers here for Kansas City. I like both a good amount here with no Sammy Watkins. Hardman's at 4-2. I probably do prefer him to Demarcus Robinson, but Robinson's cheaper. Uh, Hardman's the big play upside guy. He hasn't been playing a ton of snaps because of Watkins, but um, it went way up to, to almost 70% that last game. And he, he probably is the number two receiver, you know, outside of Tyreek Hill. I would say, you know, it's obviously Hill, then Hardman, then uh, Robinson, you know, if you're not including uh, Travis Kelsey in that. But I like the upside and Mark and McCole Hardman. Uh, again, he's he's got the big play ability. He's had a touchdown in two of the last three games. Yeah, I have interest there. Um well, I guess we'll talk about Demarcus Robinson really quick. He's at 3-3. Three, three. Uh, he has been a little bit of a letdown this year, but the price point makes him playable. And like McCole Hardman, he played a, a good amount. He played, what, 68% of the snaps. So, you know, any piece of the Kansas City Chiefs offense is is uh, valuable here. And you're getting him at almost mid-price. So, yeah, you can 100% consider Demarcus Robinson if you want to punt, you know, if you need a really, really cheap guy. He looks pretty decent. Uh, and then we have John Brown. So if John Brown plays and is not to be limited, I really like the price on him. The worry is, again, dealing with the knee injury, but back-to-back full practices and then a limited uh, one on Saturday. Um, you know, he's a guy, when he's out there, he will play a majority of the game. Uh, unless we get some sort of news that they're going to limit him, but I don't think they would. 
Uh, I just think 4K is, is too cheap. He's another guy that, sure, he's getting up there in age, but he still has that big play ability as well. Uh, Fitzgerald playing on the slot. He's not going to break the slate, but he's a guy who can get you four or five catches. You know, I think he's fine at 3-7. Uh, again, not super excited about it, but definitely playable. If John Brown is out, then Gabriel Davis looks like one of the better value plays here at 3-5. He played 100% of the snaps. He played the entire game last game. Five catches, nine targets. The rookie wide receiver, he's looked good. So if John Brown is out, I really like Gabriel Davis. If, if John Brown plays and not going to be limited, I think John Brown looks pretty good. So either or of these Bills receivers, again, dependent on Brown news, I think are very, very much in play and look pretty decent. Other than that, though, like below this range, again, I mentioned Robinson. I'm probably not going to get to Andy Isabella. Just not playing enough snaps for me to really consider him. Um, you know, Cedric Wilson, they've been wanting to give him the ball, but still a guy that's he's only playing 20-ish percent of the snaps. Like, last year games, 107, 34, and 22 yards, uh, 5, 3, and 4 targets, or 5, 3, and 4 catches. Like, he's good when he's out there. He's just not playing a ton. So can you consider Cedric Wilson? Yes, but risky because he's not going to play a majority of the game. He kind of needs something to happen to one of those receivers in front of him. Yeah, Isaiah McKenzie probably gets like 20, 30% of snaps, but I'm not going out of my way to play him. Pringle will be the number four receiver for Kansas City, but again, nothing more than a dart throw. And that's it. So, like I said, guys, there's a ton of different ways you can go. Um, you know, you have Hopkins at the top. You got the big play upside with Hill. I think Diggs looks really good at his price. You have, I guess, you know, slightly more contrarian plays, but all three of the Dallas receivers are very, very much viable. Uh, and then you have some cheap options like, you know, Beasley, Hardman. Brown, Robinson, yeah, there is, wide receiver is loaded uh, on this slate. Let's finish it up with tight end. Uh, so tight end, there's only two plays for me. Uh, it, it's Kelsey and Schultz. Below, I'm not considering anyone else. I'm not. If you want to go one of the Bills tight ends or Dan Arnold, fine. If you're making a lot of lines, you can do that. Single entry players like myself, I, I just don't think you consider, you, you consider Kelsey and Schultz, and that's it in my opinion. If you're playing single entry. Now, sure, right? If you're mass multi-entering and making a ton of lineups, yes, you can play those other guys in your player pool. But I think it's Kelsey for me and Schultz. And Kelsey's going to be popular because, obviously, he has more upside than Schultz. You know, it's been super, super safe, uh, a target here for the Chiefs, getting targeted a ton. Um, six nines, a fair price point. So, yeah, Kelsey is going to be super, super popular. Is he a must-play? No, because I think Schultz is the other option I would consider. Um, you know, only one catch and three targets. We still played like 90% of, of the snaps. And the previous three games, 10, 6, and 8 targets. So he's shown he's a pretty decent pass catching tight end. 4 threes a fair price. So yeah, I have interest in Schultz. If I was playing cash, it would be Kelsey. But Schultz is in consideration too. And below that, I'm just not considering anyone else if you're playing single entry. Like Croft and Knox, we do have Knox out. Um, but I just... <sighs> Like, Croft, what's his upside? He did have two touchdowns in one game against the Rams on four catches. I, I guess you can consider him with no knocks, but it's probably not for me. And then, yeah, Dan Arnold, he only played 27 of the 75 snaps. Like, it's not, not a guy you're getting utilized a ton here. So that really wraps up for tight end. Finally, defense. And defense... I think you close your eyes and you throw a dart. Um, I mean, the Cardinals' defense are going to be the most popular. 
going up against the backup quarterback in in Andy Dalton, but I don't necessarily think they're a must-play. Um, if you want to punt with either the Cowboys or the Bills and hope they get you like one or two fancy points, go for it. Right? I don't have a strong take on defense. Whatever, Go with whatever works through the roster instruction. Um, and I think that really wraps up. So let's talk about uh, game stacking here if you want to do that. Um, it's a two-game slate, so it's definitely possible here. If you think one of these games goes lower scoring, like both are expected to be shootouts, but if you think one goes a lot lower scoring, then you can definitely, definitely game stack one of the games. Um, again, all four offenses are super, super dynamic. Um, there should be a ton of points scored in this one. It's going to be a really fun slate. So I'm really, really excited to watch this games, watch these games again. Unfortunately, guys, I won't be able to live stream. But if you have any questions, you can always hit me up on Twitter or in the YouTube comment section. I will try to get back to you before lock. So thanks again, guys. I hope you guys all have a good day. Um, and I will see you guys all later.